Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 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 This is MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents an original podcast series, 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. Earnhardt is using every inch of racetrack, and Elliott gets together with him. Earnhardt goes off in the grass. Certainly his style and his ability on the air, the way he painted a picture. Brings the car back onto the speedway and keeps it in a straight line and holds onto the lead. Juan Pablo Montoya's car has blown apart right with the jet blowers that were working to the high side of the banking. That was so weird because I was taking a little break. I had a little snack and I was drinking some water. All of a sudden I heard this boom. Tony's screaming and hollering and he grabs me by my shoulders with both hands and starts shaking me like I was on fire. That's him screaming. He is a Daytona Beach native. (laughs) He's grabbing and hugging me. Welcome to MRN Presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. I'm Fred Armstrong. For the past five decades, MRN's colorful coverage of NASCAR racing has resulted in some very entertaining broadcasts. Make no mistake, the racing has been thrilling. But when filtered through the vibrant perspectives of the MRN talent, radio listeners are treated to some of the most thrilling NASCAR coverage ever presented. Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch side by side. They both push, brushes the wall. They The characters behind the microphones make MRN's coverage shine. And today, we'll spotlight many of the priceless personalities of those who've held the Motor Racing Network microphones through the decades. Hello, I'm Ken Squire, and today here at Daytona Beach, the greatest stock car race in the world, the Daytona 500. From the beginning, the MRN's standard of excellence and excitement was established by characters like Ken Squire. These were passenger cars. That was the brilliance of Brill France. And these guys got in them, they couldn't afford big fancy racing cars, and they drove the hell out of them. And they took terrible risk, but risk was a part of this nation from the outset that there were always guys that weren't going to stay home, play baseball, and mow the lawn. They wanted something more. Dave Moody, MRN's current lead turn announcer. He was a guy that knew how to portray this sport. He knew what people were looking for from this sport. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. Pearson is still running. And and back in, in the day, it was the devil-may-care, death-defying young lads who, who storm off into turn one, never knowing if they'll come back alive or not. He knew where the touchstones were in this sport. He knew what made this sport special to the people that loved it. And he knew how to emphasize those points. And he knew where the romance lies. Dave Moody wasn't the only MRN announcer to be trained by Ken. Ken was a guy that had no problem training people that might potentially take his job one day. 
And that's incredibly rare in this business. If, if you look at the number of announcers, radio and TV announcers, that have come from his neck of the woods, that have come from New England, uh, you know, beginning with Mike Joy and Jack Aroot and Alan Bestwick and myself, certainly. Uh, you know, Mike Massaro came from that neck of the woods. Kyle Rickey, who works with us here, came from that neck of the woods. And virtually every one of us very freely admits that we probably would not have gotten any opportunity anywhere on the national level if it hadn't been for Ken. ABC Sports' Alan Bestwick is a Motor Racing Network alum. All of us, you know, one way or the other, are branches of Father Squire's broadcasting tree. And it begins with having an appreciation and an understanding for what good broadcasting is. And that all started with Ken. And Ken came down to MRN and was the, the, the first voice of the network. And other people worked with and around him and eventually... You know, as Ken moved over to television, moved up into those lead roles like Barney, Barney Hall and Mike Joy and Jack Root and so on. But all branches of the roots that were the, the tree of Squire. Here come those leaders out of turn four, Barney Hall. Richard Petty again drops to the inside, then here he comes, swings right back to the outside on David Pearson. Ken Squire's broadcast partner from the earliest days of MRN is Barney Hall, who, unlike many, devoted his entire career to NASCAR coverage on radio and became the quintessential MRN voice. Earnhardt goes off in the grass, brings the car back onto the speedway and keeps it in a straight line and holds onto the lead. Unbelievable. Jim Phillips was MRN's lead pit reporter during the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s. I'll tell you what, of all the friends I've got in this world, Barney Hall's one I cherish in the top five of my friends I've got because he's loyal. If, if there's a fight, he's there on your being there with you if you're right. I'll be running for help. And that's the reason I love Barney Hall. <laughs> Today, race fans who listen to the MRN feed at racetracks will hear many attempts at humor. It's a tradition pioneered by Barney Hall, both on air. Hey, who was tweeting me about coming up here doing this show? I mean, my tweeter's broke. (laughs) (laughs) Your tweeter's broke. (laughs) And during commercial breaks. Barney, if they continue to stretch it out, can we get a comment from Frank Fleming? He picked up a new sponsor that you're trying to work with. Why not? I think we got some time to play with that. Yeah, we may have time to measure Harry's diarrhea for us over here. <laughs> Harry, what's it up to you, Naval or what? No, that's Jack now. Come on, guys. Keep it straight here. Pit reporter Winston Kelly recalls one of Barney's most memorable jokes. I am convinced he had a rider with his jokes, and he knew the difference between what was appropriate on the air and what was appropriate for our commercial breaks. And maybe the funniest thing he ever said on the air, I think it may be the funniest thing I've ever heard on the air on MRN Radio, was during one of the All-Star races at Charlotte. But Slim Fast was one of our sponsors, and, and Eli Gold, who was not a small person, uh, was was promoting Slim Fast. So we had played the taped commercial, the Slim Fast commercial, come out of the break and it comes to Barney. 
Uh, and Barney says, you know, The boy's been on a two-week diet, and already he's lost 14 days. <laughs> and we could have died laughing, and he may have been the only one that could get away with that, but he had that quick wit. Barney anchored MRN race broadcasts for decades, working into his early 80s. Current MRN anchor Alex Hayden tells how Barney remained physically fit for so long. Yeah, he used to bounce on his trampoline all the time. That was what he used to do to kind of stay in shape, number one. And number two, kind of clear his head and clear his thoughts. He'd either get in his garden, get in one of his Mustangs, put the top down and take a drive, or get out and bounce on his trampoline for a while. He exemplified excellence in the coverage of NASCAR racing, but... He invited his colleagues and his listeners to enjoy themselves along the way. He laid a foundation of fun at the Motor Racing Network that still shines through in every race broadcast. Aside from Squire and Hall, many early characters at the Motor Racing Network eventually became well-known for their television coverage as well. That includes former MRN anchor Chris Economaki. MRN co-founder Roger Bear remembers. You know, he was a newspaper guy. He wasn't a broadcaster. He had this very harsh uh, New York accent. And, and up here in our booth is a very pretty young lady. She, Miss Winston in a wild white jumpsuit, bebop hobo. He had no fear and would ask anyone the most interesting questions. Bebop, your business is kissing race drivers. Yeah. Which one has the hottest lips? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Since Richard Petty doesn't give me chapstick anymore, I can't really tell. Yeah, I, I remember an ABC Wide World of Sports broadcast that was done from the Firecracker 400 during the race. Chris steps on the pit road, shoves a microphone into A.J. Foyt's face on a pit stop and said, A.J., how's it going out there? And A.J. just looked at him and gave him an answer. I mean, I, you know, first of all, to do that to A.J. Foyt in the heat of competition is bravery beyond anyone's imagination. And then Chris Economaki was probably the only guy in the world that could get away with it. As the fearless New York newspaper man anchored from the tower, a respected racer and NASCAR champion patrolled the pit lane. Gentleman Ned Jarrett, the 1965 champ, brought rare insight to MRN broadcasts of the 1980s. According to former MRN president David Hyatt, all the drivers respected him, and he had insight into the sport at that time that nobody else was bringing to the table. There weren't a lot of former drivers doing color commentary. Uh, they were, you know, if at all, they were just being interviewed and, and moving along. And, and Ned was really adding to the process, and that really played him well for years uh, because he became both a, a TV broadcaster on a number of networks, had his own syndicated radio show that ran through MRN here for, for many years, and he just had this very humble, helpful attitude of how to do things. Ned's oldest son, Glenn, himself a former driver, later carried the MRN microphone as well. He recalls a time when Ned interviewed him following a crash at Pocono in 1983. Well, here comes my dad with the microphone. I thought, oh, great, my dad's coming to see how I am. We see Glenn Jarrett walking down Pitt Road, so we'll have uh, an interview with him in a moment. Uh, and he comes running up to me, and he his announcer's voice. He said, well, we caught up with one of those guys who was in that terrible crash in turn three. What happened up there? Give us your view. And I looked at him, I said, well, well Dad, don't you roll enough of him okay? Well, I can see you're okay. Tell us what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Fox Sports anchor Mike Joy is an MRN alum who worked with Ned on the MRN radio broadcasts. Everyone trusted Ned because he was one of them. He had won championships in this sport, and everyone he interviewed knew that he had faced the same challenges that they did, and and they they trusted Ned. Uh, 
Barney, being from Elkin, North Carolina, he was one of them too, and grew up in the sport, uh, much like much like the drivers and the crew chiefs and the car owners had. It was a little tough for Jack Root and myself because we were from New England, you know, and for Ken Squire. So we had to earn their trust, and mostly we earned it through the recommendations of Barney Hall and Ned Jarrett. If Ned was the gentlemanly former driver on MRN Radio, Dick Brooks was the down-home driver who became the good old boy on pit road. There's a few happy people down here, but I don't know, some sad faces. I don't know if they haven't found one yet. But Dick Brooks competed in the Cup Series through 1984, but his broadcasting career began during the 84 Talladega 500 through a live interview with MRN immediately following a crash. Dick Brooks, a crazy ride through the trioval and across the start-finish line. What happened? Wearing his signature bib overalls, Dick wasn't much for network uniforms. And he sometimes strayed outside the lines of our broadcast format, as turn announcer Dave Moody recalls. He just kind of had his own way. And one of the biggest races to this day I ever called was the day that uh, Daryl Waltrip won the Daytona 500. And they're coming down the back straightaway for the final time. Daryl Waltrip has drafted everything but seagulls trying to stretch a tank of gas into a Daytona 500 win. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get to call Daryl Waltrip through turns three and four on the final lap of his first ever Daytona 500 win. And just about the time it got to the point where I was supposed to push the button and talk. Three-fourths of the way down the back straightaway and still under power. I tell you, the crew doesn't really know if it's going to make it or not. I thought they probably would know or not know. They're standing here holding hands, and they don't know. And about the time he stopped talking, it was time, almost time for me to stop talking. And I'm thinking to myself, I may never call another Daytona 500 for this network, and this is a big deal. And by God, my voice will be heard at least a tiny little bit before this race is over. So I pushed the button, and I said, Waltrip under power still in turn number three. I think he's going to make it. And that was my entire call, thanks to Dick Brooks. Pit reporter Winston Kelly. He wasn't a professional broadcaster. He was a professional race car driver who did his analysis work while he was also covering pit stops. You know, and he'd always talk about, you know, there's a happy bunch of people down here. Dick was very genuine and very authentic. And Dick could say things that a, a regular broadcaster shouldn't say. But because everybody knew that he was just being Dick. And I mean that by being casual uh, you know, if they came down to him and he wasn't prepared, he says, well, I'll be there just in a minute. Also working pit road during the 80s and 90s was Jim Phillips, a hard-living former crew member for Xfinity Series driver J.D. Ottinger. Winston Kelly says everyone called him Chop. said when he was younger, he was a skinny kid, and he took karate lessons because he thought maybe that would help him get a little respect and people not pick on him. And, you know, he'd do a chopping motion like, you know, as a kid that uh, he knew karate. And that's where he said that the name came from. But we never knew for the longest time. Chop was a piece of work. I mean, he really, he was a wild man. You just never knew what was going to come next. He'd been in racing forever. You know, he'd been, he'd been, he worked on LD Ottinger's crew, was his crew chief for many years. He knew the sport inside out from the technical standpoint, but he also knew all the people. He knew everybody in the garage. Everybody respected him. And 
Chop was a guy, Chop was a guy that if you didn't want to know the answer to a question, if you weren't prepared to handle the unvarnished, 100% truthful answer as he saw it, don't ask the question because he had no regard for personal feelings or anything. I don't know how many times in the first couple of years of, uh, of my time with the network, we'd be headed out to do a broadcast and he'd put his hand on my shoulder and he'd spin me around and he'd look me right in the eye and he'd say, don't screw it up. The likes of Ken Squire, Barney Hall, Chris Economaki, Ned Jarrett, Dick Brooks, and Jim Phillips were just some of the early characters heard on the Motor Racing Network. All of them enjoyable examples of excellence in NASCAR coverage. You know, when you think of the people on this broadcast team, each person is so unique. Uh, whether we're talking about the Bagman or the Postman or Moody or Winston or Alex, uh, everybody has their own unique personality. Uh, and it's, that's, I think that's one reason why it makes it so fun to be around them, because you just never know what is going to happen next. Much like those voices heard in the early decades of MRN Radio's NASCAR coverage, the current roster of broadcasters is packed with personality. Legato down to the inside. They touch. Truex goes sideways. Legato gets by. Here comes Denny Hamlin. He'll get second, but Legato gets the win. Man, that got physical coming off turn number four. Joe, in my opinion, may be the best play-by-play and turn guy, not taking anything away from what he did in the booth, because I think he was very good in the booth, but just listening to his play-by-play call, he's ju- he just has it. Turn announcer Mike Bagley. That's Joe on the air. When we get done with the races and we're going off the air, Joe is the class clown. Joe is the social director. Joe is always the one that's coordinating dinner. Let's go over here. Let's do that. Hey, you know what? We've gotten our work done. Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And you'd hang out with Joe. And he was that jovial guy that he always found the humor and the fun in everything he did. Pit reporter Steve Post worked with Joe on MRN Radio and as a pit reporter for Joe's syndicated television show, Raceline. Joe Moore moved to the Keys a few years ago, and he lived the Key lifestyle for years and years before that. We were in Sonoma. Um, PRN had the race at Sonoma, but Joe was out there getting audio for MRN, doing the, the audio duties for MRN, and I was out there with Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. And Sonoma's schedule is great because the garage like closes at 1 o'clock on Saturday. And we just had a ball that day. It was three of us, Joe, Tiffany, and myself. And we went up to, in the same, we wanted to do the same plan. We wanted to do the wineries. We went up to the Russian River, which is a northern part of wine country, and we did some wineries up there. But we went out and we um, sat on the Pacific Ocean, way up on a picnic table overlooking the Pacific Ocean where the Russian River comes out and meets the Pacific Ocean. And Joe and I just sat there and just visited. And Tiffany stood behind us and we we were just talking and she took a picture of the two of us overlooking there and that to me is Joe Moore. Through tears of appreciation, the Motor Racing Network team said goodbye to Joe Moore at the end of the 2018 season as he signed off the air for the final time with his broadcast partner Jeff Striegel alongside. 
I, I share all the love you guys have sent my way. Uh, 35 years has gone like that. And yeah. Rusty and I were talking today about you know comparing it to his driving career, which ended here in 2005, in the same sort of situation. It's almost like you're attending your own funeral. When you go to the dinners and you read all the accolades and, and hear all the folks commenting on how much you've meant the sport and, and how much we'll miss you, I, I appreciate that so much. You just don't know how good it feels to know how appreciated you are. All right. I will let you catch your breath. and you. You will send it away here in a moment. And signing off for the final time, Joe Moore. We salute Joey Logano, the 2018 Series champion. And I say farewell from South Florida. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to live coverage of Speed Weeks 2019 from Daytona International Speedway. The Motor Racing Network is going to be with you for the next nine days in one fashion or another. Today, it's cup practice first for the Advanced Auto Parts Clash. But before we do anything, we want to take just a minute and welcome Alex Hayden to the broadcast booth. New home and new role with the Motor Racing Network. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Privileged to be up here in the booth with you guys. It's an honor, no question about it. He's an eclectic little guy. He really is. And and I sit right next to him in the trailer, and he drives me bonkers. Because we'll roll in here on Saturday morning early, getting ready to have our production meeting. And before, I haven't been here five minutes. And you know what an earworm is, right? It's a song that gets into your head and you can't get it out. Five minutes into my weekend, sitting next to Alex Hayden, I'm singing Barry Manilow or or some just horrible song that I cannot get out of my head. And I'll be back at the hotel 18 hours later, and I'll wake up at 3 in the morning, and I'm hearing Copacabana going through my head, and I just want to beat Alex Hayden to death. Alex, while he's laid back and fun to be around and just cutting up and the earworms and the singing and the, the joking and the teeing, I, I think the thing I really respect about him is there is nobody that knew or maybe even knows at this day that garage area as good as Alex Hayden does. I think it's because he's that good guy. And because he'll lean up against a stack of tires for three strangers that are crew members, and the next thing you know, they're best friends. Alex, for years a key pit road reporter, has moved up to the broadcast booth to anchor Cup Series race broadcasts with Rusty Wallace and Jeff Striegel. Jeff is a guy that the day he arrived on this truck, like five laps into his first ever race, I said, man, this guy's really good. This guy is, I mean, he is a world-class talent. It took me a little while longer to figure out that he was also a world-class individual. In 2019, Jeff Striegel ended a 10-year run as owner of a three-car race team that competed at the famed Berlin Raceway near Grand Rapids, Michigan. While winning races and championships, Jeff's teams raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to support the community's Helen DeVos Children's Hospital and provided many memorable experiences to children whose bodies were failing but whose spirits were lifted thanks to Striegel's Racing Awareness Organization. The, the things that he does for charity and, and for sick children and, and for the Helen DeVos Hospital up there in Michigan, he is just tireless in, in setting up a program that over the years has done so much for so many people. And quite honestly, he doesn't talk about it very much unless you ask him about it. 
And when he does, he will grudgingly admit that he's kind of proud of what they've been able to do. But over the last 10 years, he's done a phenomenal amount of good for a lot of people up in his home state of Michigan that really needed the help. But on the road during race weekend, Jeff is a jokester. He invited us. This has been an ongoing joke for about 10 years. He was going to have a pizza party after one of the July races in Daytona. And we get there uh, and there's no pizza. And then uh, so all of a sudden, you know, he gets alligator arms and finds out that he doesn't he doesn't have a credit card or anything like that. So we're always teasing him about that. And there have been some memorable Jeff moments. There was one night we 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 arrive or he arrives late in Philly. His plane and and when you go through Philadelphia Airport, you know your plane is going to be delayed. Okay, so so we arrive and he arrives at the Philadelphia Airport. And we jump in the rental car. We're going to Pocono. So we go up the uh, the northeast extension of the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And then we take a right-hand turn on 80 out toward our hotel. And we're riding along there in the middle of the night. It had to be midnight. And all of a sudden, from out of the medium, this bear jumps out in front of us. And boom, we hit the bear with our rental car. And hit the right front fender of that rental car. And so I ease it over to the right side and put it up in the park and it is Pocono middle of the night dark and we got a bear that we just hit we don't know if the bear is alive we don't know if the bear is dead we don't know if the bear is in the vicinity and mad we don't know if the bear is long gone out of the area or anything pull off the side of the road sit there put my hands on the steering wheel and said Jeff why don't you get out and take a look at the damage he looks at me like I got three heads I'm not getting out of the car I said, well, I'm not getting out of the car. That bear, Jeff's like, that bear, that bear might be pissed off out there. I'm not. So we sat there, and now, I mean, it's funny, but at the moment, it's like, well, what are we going to do? Timing was great because a highway patrolman, a state trooper from the state of Pennsylvania, was right behind us. He saw the car pulled over, and he pulled in behind us, and we let him check and see if the bear, I literally rolled down the window and say, I hit a bear, and he walks up around with a flashlight and everything, and Jeff and I were sitting there going, well, let him find out if that bear is still around. Let's go back upstairs to the gentleman who will guide us through tonight's broadcast, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and NASCAR Hall of Famer, Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace, of course, retired from racing, went and did a lot of work with television, and then found himself not over there anymore. And the idea to get a Hall of Famer to come on to the, the MRN, and a guy that has the comparable passion that the rest of us have for the sport... You know when you ask Rusty a question, he is going to be wide open in answering it. He loves this sport. They're looking at this race tonight as a race they really need to run good at. Uh, There's two things with Rusty, okay? The number two car is who his pick is going to be, and when you're coming down pit road, it's four tires. He has that passion for that two car. That Keselowski car, he beat them all out. Drake raced him on the restart, and now he's checking out a Dodge right now. That car is flat flying. And, and I think the other thing is, is he has a he has a stronger relationship with that team. Okay, if he has a question about the engines, he can call Doug Yates. If he has a question, he'll call Brad Keselowski and add, Brad, what are the cars doing? Describe to me what the cars are doing. Or he'll call Roger Penske. But th- what that brings to us is that insight of that two-car, that 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 Paul Wolf, Brad Keselowski, Roger Penske insight that as much as we know these guys, we don't know them as well as Rusty does. Brad, congratulations on what you did tonight. I'll tell you, watching that car go around the racetrack, it was so consistent and so fast all night long. I told the guys up here, I felt like I was watching my own kid drive. I was getting so excited, man. But 
Boy, that car looked beautiful on the racetrack. Well, thank you. That, well, this car is your baby, Rusty, and I'm glad to be able to, to carry on your legacy and uh, to do it right and put it in victory lane. And, and so glad you could be here and be a part of this week's uh, activities here in Darlington. Uh, what a special day, and thank you. That means a lot to me as well. Each MRN Race Weekend, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace gets to work with the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, lead pit reporter Winston Kelly. They are going to make a wedge adjustment on Denny Hamlin's car, wheel around to the left side of the car. Winston was firmly entrenched in this sport even before his days of being an MRN announcer. His father, Earl, who used to do uh, PR for Charlotte Motor Speedway back in the day, he also did PA, and he was also on Universal Radio Network. So Winston, Winston became... Again, his, you could say his career as, as a statistician for the Universal Radio Network. And, and through through that and through going to some of the legendary tracks, being around some of the legendary names, that created the foundation that obviously he has been able to, to, to grow into being the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I can't imagine anybody doing a better job as the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame because long before there ever was a Hall of Fame. If somebody in the trailer said, you know, remember remember back about 20 years ago when this happened and he could tell you, yeah, that was at North Wilkesboro and that was this driver driving this car for this dri- uh, this car owner and he ran into this guy and they had a fight and he's he's got an encyclopedic m- memory when it comes to this sport and it has served him very well. Truex to the bottom of the racetrack, try to get it done at the exit of two. He does. He pulls a Lead turn announcer Dave Moody came to MRN at the recommendation of network co-founder Ken Squire, having worked as sports director at Squire's network of radio stations in Vermont. In 2003, he began his tenure as host of Sirius Satellite Radio's first racing-oriented talk show, Sirius Speedway, which was produced by the Motor Racing Network. It was there that Dave perfected his ability to argue an issue. Fellow Sirius XM host Mike Bagley explains. Dave is never shy about sharing an opinion. And Dave is never shy about debating that opinion. If he firmly believes in something, you're going to know it. And very rarely do you talk him out of that position. The sparring that goes on with him on the air is entertaining to listen to. But the sparring with him on the truck is even more entertaining. Uh, It's not necessarily, I don't think, you're going into this trying to win because at the end of the day, very rarely do you. But taking a run at it and giving a shot at it and, 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 and engaging in a healthy debate with Dave is fun. Moody's satellite radio show was also where Dave was nicknamed The Godfather. That came from John Kernan who at one point was the midday host on Sirius XM. And the channel had been alive for about five or six years at that point. And and they asked, I forget what the question was specifically, but a listener asked John Kernan how he got the job or how the channel came to be. And his comment was something along the line that, well, Moody was here first. He's the guy that, you know, chopped down all the trees, dynamited the stumps, plowed the field, picked the rocks, and planted the corn. 
and we just all showed up for Thanksgiving dinner. And somehow from that, he said, he's been the godfather of the channel. He's the guy that started it all for us. And you know how the way listeners are. You say it once, and they just adopt it forever, and it's just been there ever since. Whoa, Stenhouse sideways. He'll hang on to the car. More wide bumper cars. Eric Jones is around. So is Suarez. William Byron. Also, Jimmy Johnson is involved. Moody's satellite radio colleague and turns tandem Mike Bagley was a fan of the Motor Racing Network long before he carried our microphones. In 1984, he was a caller on the very first episode of MRN's NASCAR Live program. Milford, Delaware, good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight? Fine, how are you? Good, what can we do for you? Okay, I wanted to ask Bobby something. Okay. Um, has the thought of, re- of retirement ever crossed your mind? No. It hasn't? Never has. Well, I'm glad because um, I think you ought to hang in there uh, a few more years. Former MRN anchor Alan Bestwick recalls Bagman's early involvement in the network. See, because his family owned an ice cream shop in Milford, Delaware. So when we'd go to Dover and be in the middle of these five-hour Dover races, ice cream Sundays would would materialize out of nowhere from uh, from Mike's folks, Walt Nines. And we kind of figured after that, that that we ought to keep Mike around for a little while. There was some value to the whole thing. One of the other services he provides the MRN broadcast team is traffic instructions about how to get to and from any racetrack and how to navigate around even the worst backups. Mike Bagley knows every road, main road, dirt road, grass road, cutting through a field. Um, But isn't that kind of a kind of a snapshot of Mike's personality. He knows everything uh, about everything. That's that's always going on, too. So, yeah, if you need to get someplace, don't worry. I, I remember leaving Las Vegas Motor Speedway right after the track was built. We did the first ever race there. It was a, a, an Xfinity race, a Bush Series race back in those days. And traffic was an absolute nightmare. It, the, the sellout crowd, the standing room only, it was chaos getting out of there. So Mike is at the controls of the car, and we're there, and, and Mike says, we're not moving. We're sitting in traffic, just dead stop engine off and we're like okay that's enough of this it's vegas it's the desert so he fires up the car so we're going this way we cut across we start driving through the desert dodging these big tumbleweeds and boulders and things and drove through the desert for i don't know two miles it seemed like and finally found some piece of asphalt in the neighborhood and then started weaving our way through but we never stopped and never said i wonder where we're at mike kept going and by golly we ended up back where we needed to be Here's Brad Keselowski. He's been fighting a tight condition all race long. No adjustment on the car this time. Now around to the left side. Pit reporter Steve Post's career in NASCAR began in public relations. He represented drivers like Ricky Rudd and Kenny Wallace. We knew each other. He was always very helpful, always very knowledgeable in that regard. And, you know, there, there's some PR folks that, that look at it like they're protecting the driver. Uh, Steve would always be helpful if you needed to talk to one of the guys that he was representing and have good, relevant information, not just, you know, fluff stats. He always, he knew what a broadcaster was looking for, even though at that time he wasn't doing broadcasting. My nature is my glass is always overflowing. So I've yet, uh, I'm, I'm 55 years old and I don't think I've had too many bad days. Fellow pit reporter Kim Kuhn has a special friendship with the postman. Oh, Posty is probably my best friend on the truck. He and I, A, our desks are side by side, but 
We just give each other the most grief possible and it comes from a good place. It comes from a place in the heart. But he's also my food buddy. You know, I eat differently than a lot of people on the truck, meaning I like to check out local restaurants and I eat a lot of vegan and vegetarian and just like to try new things and he is always game. If I find a restaurant or a spot that I want to try out and I kind of uh, whisper in his ear, hey, let's check this out. Here's the link. Check it out. He's like, uh, he doesn't even have to look at it. He trusts me. He's all in. So I know I have a foodie buddy on the road in Postman. To take a woman and to put him into the MRN group is not something I would wish upon any woman that I know. Um, we're a bunch of guys that travel the country. As guys are, we have our fun and our jokes. And it just would be a challenging spot. Along comes Kim Kuhn. Four tires to Noko Yule for Kevin Harvick. And he is down and away. Kim is the, the, the perfect woman to jump join into a situation like this because she's not easily offended she gets along with everybody she's cool she adds from a broadcasting standpoint her talents are unreal she is so talented and we all recognize that but it's like she's very very grounded very very secure and i think that served her well fitting in with the group kim came to mrn after a long run as miss sprint cup and before that, a cheerleader for the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Miss Brent Cup was hard to top just because you got to witness so many amazing moments. We were right there in Victory Lane, and I was in Victory Lane for some very iconic wins. I saw Dale Jr. win the Daytona 500. I was there when the Wood Brothers won the Daytona 500 for Trevor Bain. I was in Victory Lane when Jeff Gordon won his fifth Brickyard 400 win. And it really is hard to describe the energy and the emotion and everything involved in in those moments to somebody who wasn't there. You know, as many great jobs as, as I've had, there's not many things that are going to measure up to that. Harvick is imploring his Chevrolet to get to the finish. Harvick slows in turn seven. Logano goes blasting by. Kurt Becker is an ace turn announcer and part-time anchor of NASCAR Xfinity Series and Gander Outdoors Truck Series races. He appears on MRN when his busy announcing schedule allows. Kurt's first love is horse racing, and he is the voice of the legendary Keeneland Racecourse. He also announces at Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions. Kurt comes in, and he's the same way with horse racing. He's same, the same way with Barrett-Jackson. Everything he does, the man is an expert at everything he touches. But Kurt does have some unexpected passions for a racing guy. With the exception of, of you know, Kimmy and Hannah Newhouse, it's a truck full of men's men. I mean, we're race car guys and busted knuckles and tools and the whole nine yards. And Kurt will come in and say, well, guys, congratulate me. I had a, I had a big win in the cut glass competition at the Effingham County Fair. He's the only guy I know that that, that is into fine china and glassware and competing for, for blue ribbons at the county fair. Doesn't exactly fit in with the macho man mentality, but he, but that's Kurt, and, and he shares with us and he pays the price yes kurt is a cat person and and he makes it very clear on on social media that uh he has a single cat named dum dum that poor cat i'm not sure i think dum dum might run kurt's life judging by some of the posts i see on facebook much of the time kurt's partner in the mrn broadcast booth is our resident southern californian Dan Hubbard. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a long backstretch, 2,100 feet, which seems to get bumpier every year. The drivers compare it to jet skiing over rough waters, but it certainly doesn't stop them. A video producer by trade, Dan has been a part of the MRN crew for 30 years. 
He's often kidded for his long-winded calls on the mic and his short stays at the track. I have a reputation, maybe the fans can appreciate this on when they listen to our cue, of leaving early. Dan, are you going to stay till halfway point? Dan, are you going to stay past stage one? And the reason I've got that reputation is it derives from the bush racing that we used to do in Mexico. It was a bear to get there, and it was even harder to get home. And Dan's flight had to leave at a certain time. He had to be at the airport at a certain time, and getting through customs and all that took a good deal of time. And as the race went on and on and on, it became clear that not only was it going to be really tight for Dan to get on his flight, but that he wasn't going to make it. So with about 40 laps to go in the race at Mexico City, Dan had to leave. And he did. He made his flight. He got back to Rancho Cucamonga, California. But he has never, ever lived it down. And to this day, every broadcast he's on with about 40 laps to go, somebody will say, Dan, you got to take off? You got to go? Are you leaving? Or are you going to hang out until the checkered flag? Kevin Harvick goes to the bottom. He'll take the second spot away from Austin Dillon. Now Harvick will bobble on the bottom. Dillon regains the second spot. They're three wide from third on down. Turn announcer and occasional anchor Kyle Rickey hosts MRN's mid-morning NASCAR news update, NASCAR Live Midday. Away from the track, he's best known for his fierce affection for all things Disney. Yeah, yearly trips to Walt Disney World started with with my family back when I was six or seven years old. Um, And it's one of those places where it is cool as a kid, but it's when you get older, you really appreciate what they do on that property every day more and it's something that i have come to love it it, it just amazes me sitting there at the magic kingdom or epcot or any one of the theme parks and to know that they do this just about every day um it amazes me. When he's not consumed with Disney magic, Kyle is a devoted fan of modified racing and announces at several tracks in New England. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to race two of round one of the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Veteran broadcaster Woody Kane is one of MRN's utility players, working pit road, in the turn, and anchoring shows like MRN's daily newscast, NASCAR Today. Away from the mic, Woody is an accomplished cook who enjoys competitive barbecue. My wife and I went to a Charlotte Shout contest, uh, and they had an amateur division barbecue contest. We walked around and looked and sampled like you do. I mean, that's kind of the reason you go, to sample stuff, right? So we walked around. I left thinking, you know what? We could do this. So I came back and told the guys that I cook with a lot, let's let's enter one of these and, and enter the amateur side. Cause, so we started doing it, and then we started deciding, well, we need to practice some more. And if you want to find out how strong your marriage is, tell your wife, honey, I'm going to barbecue practice and see how that flies. Well, my wife was good with it, and we had a good time. We started getting a little better and a little better as we got more experience, and finally we started to get a trophy here and there. And over the years, we got nine or ten. But really, it all started with just hanging out with your friends doing it and then seeing an amateur division at a barbecue contest and thinking... We can do that. Jason Toy of Huntington, West Virginia. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. When they come off a of turn two, the shadows are starting to get longer down the back straightaway. They'll have to get back in the gas and then back on the brake again once they hit turns three and four, trying to ride the top part of a cereal bowl as they head off towards the checkered flag. Prior to joining the Motor Racing Network, Jason Toy was the tight end for college football's famous thundering herd of Marshall University. He caught passes from the NFL's Chad Pennington. Today, he manages one of MRN's longest-running affiliate radio stations. 
As MRN roars into the next 50 years, a group of colorful characters are beginning their runs on the air. Second-generation broadcaster Dylan Welch and former late model racer Hannah Newhouse headline a promising crop of talent that will carry MRN's standard of excellence for decades to come. Next time on MRN Presents, 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. I think I used the Jeff Foxworthy term. It was pandelirium <laughs> one time. And, and it was. I mean, it was. you had uh, Cruz fighting, uh, trying to get separated. You had uh, Clint that was trying to get into Jeff as well. And it's just at that point, as we become a broadcaster in the aspect that we're just describing the scene. You'll hear many of the wackiest moments from Motor Racing Network broadcasts. Until then, I'm Fred Armstrong. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming in the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still moving. The car stops 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line. This program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And now it appears we may have a fist fight. We see drivers and helmets, safety officials trying to jump in there and separate them as tempers have really flared after this amazing incident on the final lap coming into turn number three. MRN presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR was written and produced by Brian Nelson. Dale Earnhardt comes to the white flag and the caution flag and Dale Earnhardt is going to win the Daytona 500 in his 20th try. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.